0: Hey man, welcome to the Badum Ching with Carl. Howdy my it's Friday and you know what time it is, that's right, episode 6 baby of the Badam Ching with Carl. Man, uh, kind of excited news for me this week, you know found out that uh, our beloved East Room is bringing back Ultimate Comedy uh, next Tuesday. And it's going to be my first time back on stage um, since since COVID. And pretty pumped about it, you know. We're going to try to follow all the rules, you know, um, mask it up and sanitize and say a little prayer, you know. <laughs> but I'm pretty jazzed about it, you know. But now i got to start writing some stuff you know pressure's on but anyway man I lose my train of thought let's get back on track episode 6 carter glasscock been looking forward to this one for for a while man carter's a dear friend of mine uh he was a Nashville comedian now he's a LA boy LA comedian uh musician actor writer uh, I could go on, but let's just jump right into it, man. You'll learn more and more as you go. I'm gonna preface this uh, this bit that I'm about to play of Carter's, let you know that it is a track off his upcoming record, The Crystal Pistol, that was recorded live at the East Room, our beloved East Room. I gotta say, I was there, and it was explosive, man. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen. Carter Glasgow.
1: We're here in Nashville. How you guys doing? Living in Nashville. You guys doing good? Yeah. Nashville's cool. I like living here. Uh, Nashville uh, likes to elevate third-tier celebrities. Shots fired. <laughs> it's true. Like people, like there'll be like a hush over a room or something, and then someone would be like, "Oh my God."
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, he lives here. It's no big deal. You're right. That's not a big deal at all. <laughs> he works at
1: Kroger.
2: <laughs>
1: I'm so sorry if he's here. You know, you are the all star. <laughs> Had the, uh,. <laughs> Sometimes you, you get the privilege of meeting some roadies, some road dogs who live here. You know what I mean? You don't have to initiate a conversation with them. They'll just start it up for you.
3: You know, they'd be like, dude, I'm gonna tell you right now, Axel Rose is the coolest motherfucker on planet Earth. <laughs> I remember it like it was yesteryear. He was on stage, welcomed us to the jungle. I was by the t shirt slinging nachos. My son is dead. My son is dead. He drowned in a kiddie pool when I was too damn drunk. My son is dead. Saliva is a cool ass band as well. They're cool as hell, they fuck with my nachos. I'm fat, so everyone calls me Pop-Tart. My son is dead. I put the damn swimmies on him. I put the fucking swimmies on him. Him mama mad at me. Him mama mad at me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What's up, Carter? How you doing, man?
1: Man, I'm okay. How are you doing, dude?
0: I don't, uh, nobody's ever asked me that. I never thought about it that much. I think I'm okay. I'm okay, too. We're both oh, cool. okay.
1: Cool. I
0: miss you. I know that. Like, like LA yeah. boy.
1: Uh, well, you know, I miss you, too, buddy. I, you know, it's uh, it's been a hell of a thing. I moved. I had actually heard that the pandemic was going to happen, so I tried to get a good year <laughs> in there before it happened so I could get fully stuck there. Yeah, and yeah. It was uh, It was nice. It was really nice being stuck there away from everybody you've ever known and being trapped it was really it was pleasant Mm. (laughs) and then and then
0: then fire started happening and you are like well
1: yeah well fire started happening and i was like it was it christmas already like what did i what have (laughs) i done to conserve this uh so i really appreciated that and uh no you know it's uh what a time to move to la i gotta say you know uh my uh good my friend and yours laura peak also moved out there and boy, the world was just, our, it was our oyster uh, until the world ended effectively <laughs> while we are <were> there.
0: <laughs> like immediately after y'all moved, yeah.
1: Yeah, like pretty much immediately. Well, you know, I, I think I got, a good, I got a good year in, so I was able to like be on my roommate's uh, podcast, The Goods from the Woods, which mm-hmm. I'm ostensibly on still. And, uh, you know, uh, got to do some, some cool stuff, hopefully when society picks back up. Because uh, now apparently Trump's telling us that COVID's no big deal. That's true.
0: Uh, you know, which we know, all knew. We thought that was going to happen. I did for sure. Like, I, knew I was, was going to say, sure. you know what? It's no big deal. I actually uh, think everybody should get it. You know, yeah, for <laughs> sure.
1: It's it, The whole thing seems like a ruse. You know what I mean? Like, he was, of course, he was going to get it and get like, you know, 10 babies crushed up into magic dust and shot into his <laughs> neck. And, you know, he's going to be like immediately cured of it. He's like, why can't everybody do that? It's no big deal. We should start up all the TGI Fridays in the country all at once. You know, he's, of course, he, he doesn't give a fuck about opening the country because he was always, he was never going to have a rough time with it. I guess people maybe. Was... Go ahead. You know, you know, maybe th- people were thinking it might take a Boris Johnson thing where he gets really sick and then he comes back and everyone loves him. It just seems like he's just, uh, you know, it seems like a calculated, somehow him getting COVID was a calculated move.
0: It feels like that, doesn't it? You know, like, but it it can't be a conspiracy. It's just, is it bad timing or is it just the best timing, depending on.
1: It really is. It's, it's, uh, whatever the timing is, it's smacks of. Timing. <laughs> what a time to get it!
0: Just like you going to LA, you know, perfect time.
1: Sure. Yeah. Perfect timing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I heard a story. Like I, I would love, I would love for you to like, like tell me about this. Cause like, I think I'd heard it from mutual friends after you moved to LA that you were doing like a uh, celebrity tour.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was. Uh, <laughs> and
0: you were making things up, right? Is that, is that true?
1: Yeah. Because I, <laughs> It was my – I had such a fucking hard time getting a job out there, and my buddy hooked me up with this job, and <laughs> hopefully my employer doesn't hear it. But the, when I first started, I had no idea. You know, I was I got a job as a tour guide. And my roommate, buddy who got the job, is like born for that job. He knows everything that there has ever been to know about Los Angeles. And I didn't. And I mean, I could like some of the main stuff you could remember the points, but like people's houses that are like two miles into these like shrubberies and there's these huge gates. You can just—it all kind of looks the same. So you could just go behind some huge, you know, huge gate and just be like, "Yeah, fucking Bob Dylan lives on the other side of that," and people will be like, "Oh, really?" I'm like, "Yep," and then you just like hit the gas and run and go as fast as you can. This <laughs> is Beverly Hills neat and. uh, I mean, it was, it was crazy. Like <laughs> there's this one time, this one tour, speaking of, uh, um, so I got to tell this this one, my favorite yeah, tour. Go for it. Of. Go for it. Um, this guy, so I went, I was taking these, these people, these two women from Texas and we have these like Dodge Siennas or whatever that we take people around in. And they're like, that's not going to be good enough. And they got like a, a Mustang. So I was driving them around in this Mustang and I took them to the Santa Monica pier. Nothing like a fucking seal came up. To the end of the pier, I was like, murk, murk, murk. And everyone's freaking out, and they're like, "It's not coming by us." It's like, okay, this is going to be like one of these tours where these people are not going to be impressed. But they they start saying it. They're like, "I don't get California. I don't like it." And I was starting. To, that was the first time I was starting to feel kind of like a local pride. I'd been there for about a year at that point, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, oh, "I hate these I hate these women so much." And so at the end of it, and they're also like really conservative uh and uh so the last part of it was took him to Hollywood Boulevard and that it was the premiere of, uh that movie Queen and Slim was a uh uh, uh it was premiering that night it's about you know black couple who escape uh uh escapes the hands of the police i told them about the plot they didn't like it
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh they're like we want to see Donald Trump star and i was like okay so i take <laughs> it down to Donald Trump star and lo and behold someone had just applied a fresh coat of human shit all over his his star on the hollywood of <laughs> walk- <laughs> bank and she was the, the one woman who hadn't said anything she leaned over to me she went is that doo-doo <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah i think it is it was, she's like the other one was like you hey, know i don't care i want to get a photo and so they leaned next to the shit smeared star and i swear to god at that moment some guy came driving by on a bike And he spit on them. (laughs) (laughs) This is a lot happening. (laughs) Yeah. This should be like sunny, like blissfully, you know, like
0: nice L.A., you know, like beaches and sun.
1: Hollywood Boulevard is trash. (laughs) It is such, it's the worst. I think it was voted like the worst tourist attraction in the world
0: did you know that before you moved there or is that no like i visited
1: but i was like oh, yeah chinese theater but like it sucks like it's just like fucking but it, it was so funny because that guy looked at me and he was like he had this like kind of shithead grin like, huh. you know, like, i do bad like kind of like you know kid running around the house after he broke a cookie jar or something it, yeah. it was very funny
0: let's talk about birmingham i i, I really want to know like like what inspired you to get into comedy? Like being in Birmingham, being Birmingham boy.
1: Well, I'll see. I got into stand up from, uh, I was in, uh, I was raised in Birmingham and I was, I, I started playing music when I was 15. Me and my friends started going to punk shows and playing in punk shows. And I mm-hmm. uh, we started this band and we got really into it and um started going to this local venue called Cave 9 that uh, a bunch of people would go to and um kind of started my established did a lot of establishing my identity as a person in high school and just kind of as a kid in general and um you know uh we played a couple different bands th- throughout the years and then uh um made some lifelong friends friends, people I'm still friends with Mm -hmm. and uh, went to college and um, you know, did the whole college thing and kind of at the end of a college I started, um, I was on the, the school newspaper. I was trying to, I was a Mm. journalism major. So I was trying to work uh, in the school newspaper. And one of the things I was doing the entertainment beat. So I was going to cover stuff around town, like little shows because in Tuscaloosa there you know everything else you know whatever cute other little thing is happening there's a bunch of great art that's come from Tuscaloosa but like you know football's the big thing so mm-hmm. the, the uh, something else that was happening was kind of a big deal so a this little comedy show was going on and I was like I will go to that and go cover that for the paper and I got there and I just wanted to do it because it was I was just like I'd, I'd rather just I just want to try it and um I had a story I'd written down in my uh, notebook during English class. And I was like, I'm just going to try to say this story. Mm-hmm. And I got really drunk and, um, I went and said the story and it went over. Okay. And, uh, I was like, I like this feeling. And I think that you can attest this to, I think a lot of stand ups can, you get that feeling where you get bit, you know, quote unquote, where mm-hmm. you get kind of bit by the bug. and you're like, Ooh, I want to do that again. That felt good. And, um, I think maybe uh, being a musician first kind of helped with the stage fright, you know? Sure. Uh, So, I mean, I was still nervous as shit because it's a different thing. But yeah, I mean, it's like, because in the band, you have four other, you're up there with three other people and you're all kind of sharing in the presentation and with stand-up, it's just you and your thoughts. So Mm -hmm. you sink or swim completely on it and uh is is nerve-wracking but I like the feeling of getting laughs up there and so I kept going at it and yeah so I started in Tuscaloosa and then after college I you know I got a journalism major so I did not follow through with that whatsoever (laughs) Uh, much to my parents chagrin and uh, I moved back to Birmingham and started doing stand-up there and working as a at a bookstore and were
0: you playing music thought, as well?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kept playing music. Um then started branching out into all these other kinds of started playing like metal bands and experimental nice. bands and you know, I think I was in a blues band at one point. Uh just you know, because I liked because music playing music's fun. And I, I really enjoyed like the group exercise of it, but I kept where, really where,
0: where did you picked that up, though, like where did you start playing music like how
1: uh I don't know I just always list like listening to music. I mean like a lot of guys my age i'm thirty three mm-hmm. i you know i was listening I liked listening to new metal when I was a kid. I liked like corn and lent biscuit and shit <laughs> and that kind of like morphed into like I liked no effects and uh punk, and then I was like tried to get to the source of that and start listening to like black flag and minor threat
2: and
0: damn,
1: okay. Uh, you know, I got a guitar, uh, for my birthday one year and I was yeah. just were
0: you? Yeah.
1: Like, shoot. I was like, man, Guitar was playing age. <laughs> I had that guitar. I had that guitar for like three years before I like, I would try to take lessons and like the guy would get mad at me. Cause he was just like, man, like, I don't want to teach you any more green day songs or Limp Biscuit songs. <laughs> I was like, whatever. And so I was like, <laughs> You don't know you don't understand what real anger is, man. (laughs) Whatever. I was, I was very, very young and very fat. And, uh, (laughs) boy, I was an angry, young, fat boy. Uh, and so I, I like, you know, I mean, like, I guess I started trying to like, I was just dicking around with, when I figured out what power cords were that like blew my world apart. I was (laughs) like, Oh, you can make any cord with just two fingers Mm -hmm. essentially. And so like that kind of, blew my world apart in terms of playing songs so i was just downstairs playing some power chords on this guitar in my brother's room mm-hmm. and uh my friend trip heard me and he was like you want to start a band and i was like sure <laughs> and uh we started some some punk band because i don't know i guess it because uh, because i would go to a coconuts a lot and see what was in the they had a, like a punk section and i would check the punk section and buy stuff right Coconuts,
0: okay, no, so that's like the local
1: yeah, coconuts used to be a chain back when those were a thing, back when C D stores were a thing.
0: RIP. Yeah.
1: I remember my mom used to let me not buy parental advisory CDs. Oh yeah. So nice. I would I remember one time I was going around this coconuts and I was like trying to peel the price tag off <laughs> to put it over the parental advisory. Yes. I was gonna pay for it, but it was like I could put it over it. and someone caught me and he's like, What are you doing? And I was like, Oh the, the tag was loose. And I was like, "Please don't tell my mom." And he like started crying and shit. <laughs> you just you ran know. away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I should have, but you know, I was just like, "Oh no, <laughs> it was loose. dude." Ha-
0: How would you switch the bass, though? Do you remember?
1: Uh, oh, um, because I was playing guitar, and me and Tripper started that band, and then we were trying to get other kids involved to play in a band with us, mm-hmm. and. It was as simple as everyone wants to play guitar and no one wants to play bass.
0: That's, that's how Paul McCartney played bass too. You know,
1: dude, it's, it's the same. I was yeah, just like, yeah. well, we need a bass player. yeah, out of necessity. Sheerly out of necessity. So I was like, well, we need a bass player and I'm willing to do it because I will literally let anyone walk all over me. <laughs> uh, but it was a good,
0: but as a bass player, you can walk all over everything. So oh saying, yeah oh, you take, you take you that thing for a
1: walk yeah <laughs> <laughs> you absolutely take that thing for a walk uh,
0: i mean did you, you feel a connection to it once you started doing it because obviously you still do you consider yeah. yourself a bass player
1: I, it was more of like a it facilitated being in other bands because i thought i felt and this is not to demean the interest the instrument but i feel like bass playing bass is easier mm-hmm. um I'm sure not in the way a lot of people play bass. They would be like, fuck you, who are people who are much better at bass than me. And uh, it absolutely denotes like this really intrinsic feeling of rhythm. It's Mm -hmm. like rhythm and dexterity mixed together, like the dexterity of playing and and melody of playing guitar mixed with, you know, rhythm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's, I found it to be, it was easier to play in a band because everyone needed a bass player. And sure. it was a little easier for me to play bass because I'm – my fingers aren't as dexterous as, you know, better guitar players. I've never been, like, someone who can solo or anything. I can just play rhythm. And so it, it, it helped out a lot. And I, just, I thought it was probably more acclimated because I like – I love playing drums too. Like, I love That's playing right. drums yeah. – that's right. Yeah. I, yeah. I love it, but I'm not like great. I just I it's fun. I just think it's fun. I'm certainly nowhere as good as you. You're like
0: professionally
1: great at um, playing. get out of
0: here. But like also you were the gray gray before I was the gray gray. So
1: <laughs> right, yeah, I got kind of I got <laughs> into Luckily
0: it. you moved, you know. So like, <laughs> that's how I got that gig, you know. <laughs> oh
2: man.
0: No. Do you want do you want to talk about uh, doing a sketch here in Nashville at all? Like with the sure. long hug? Let's talk about the long hug, which is all like mutual friends of ours who all worked at the same restaurant, and some of them still do it, you know?
1: Sure. how did that come about, man? Well, it was, um, boy, I'll tell you, for all the bitching that we did while working there, it was a pretty <laughs> magical time. It uh, was,
0: dude. Like, there were so many comics that were working there oh, at boy. the same time. That, that's why I wanted to start working there, and that's why... You know, I, I said this in earlier episodes. That that's why I wanted to get into comedy because I realized, oh wait, all these people who I consider my friends are comics. <laughs> it's like I yeah. always wanted to do it, you know, but I didn't know how. I was a scared boy. I don't, I don't know how that shit worked. You know, I figured you just had to be plugged in. You know, I didn't know I mean, it's like, oh, you just gotta hang out with your friends and then they just coax you into it.
1: <laughs> I mean, you just go sign up. That's all you got to do. That was all. Like that's. I mean, yeah, it was like, boy, sometimes I think, you know, he, he can be r- rather mischievous. Uh, uh, but I think Josh Wagner knew what he was doing by getting all these comed- – he cultivated yes, this real yeah, kind of unique uh, uh, atmosphere. work atmosphere. I mean, like, yeah. something should, you know, it, it was really it was really special. Um, and I'm also, still there. I'm still there, dude. Oh, yeah. I'm still there,
2: dude.
0: I'm still there. It's not the same. But when – like two years ago, it was popping. It was like peak time for like comics. It was the comic bar, you know, so much where like all the comics after the show would end up there, you know? Yeah. I really, I really credit to Wagner and you like for being there, you know?
1: I mean, it was really touching too to like, I mean, when I did my album recording, a bunch of people from that bar showed up and (laughs) came to see it. And, you know, it was, it was a really nice time. Like it was like pretty much, you know, uh, uh, it was mostly comics who were working there, and yep. you know, and who were you know, uh, uh, and the the people who weren't comics who had the misfortune of working with <laughs> it. Um,
0: imagine like being a civilian, but like ah, I yeah. don't know about these people.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I think they, you know, and then they get involved and, and meet everybody, and that's just the kind of town Nashville is too, where everyone meets everybody. But yeah, it was it was a really nice time, and um, you know, uh, I got, but suffice to say, uh, two other people. Uh, there, who were very funny. Um, oh, I guess I should preface this uh, long hug stuff by saying I used to run a show in Nashville called Stage Fright,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um, it was a show where uh, I would get someone who does not do stand up to do five minutes, and then I would uh, book book the rest of it as if it were a normal comedy show.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But the, uh, it was a cheat because I would try to get their friends to come to the uh, the show. Um, and, uh, which my friend John Burr helped me come up with the whole scenario of it. Uh, but, uh, but so we, we, uh, uh, I had my friend Riley Noonan and my friend Kayla Toll, who still work at the pub. Uh, Uh, they, they were on that show and they did great. And, um, we were just all sticking around one night at the pub and we like, we should do a sketch group. And I was like, Yeah, that sounds fun. And uh, you know, we we had that one show. It was above uh where was it? It was above the what's the place where Mickey's like the Mickey's cocktail bar? Right.
0: Yeah, yeah, what's the name of that place, man? It's right above the uh 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 uh, uh thing. It's
1: a clothing store.
0: Fox. Yeah, clothing store, yeah, yeah. It's called like Fox or
1: uh, Yeah, Rattlesnake Fox or some shit. I don't remember. <laughs> But oh god was,
0: we're gonna we're gonna get murdered it's fine nobody can, it's fine maybe i'll say it in the outro we'll figure it out
1: yeah say it in the outro uh <laughs> but they're very nice to have us and it was in this clothing store and uh yeah we did this like very involved like costume changes and props and it was just me and kayla and riley but we got like marshall to be in it and mm-hmm. god who else was, tanner was in it uh, uh. Uh, there, there, it, was a, it was a full Vala, you had Vala Bird on there too Vala was in it, Vala yeah. was absolutely in it um, The great comic herself Vala Bird um, <laughs> She worked at the pub for a while She did, yeah um, But yeah, it was just like It was a magical time because we were doing shit like that And everyone there was Really creative and trying to Put their shit out there And I think we were all stressed at the time Probably because we were all like hung over constantly And That's you know, probably, probably
0: a big part of it <laughs>
1: probably but we're also just you know it was a really vibrant time I, I'll always remember that fondly and, yeah same uh, man for you sure you know uh, we uh, uh, yeah you know Seth was putting on shows everyone was doing cool yeah. stuff
0: and Seth's still at the pub you know still Seth putting still on those crazy pub. shows you know
1: still putting on shows Seth's yeah he's become quite, quite the producer
0: yeah uh, he's actually yeah. grown hair
1: <laughs> 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 that's the funniest guy ever yeah uh, <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, like it was, uh, yeah. So we were doing the the sketches and stuff and we had these like real back and forth about, and it was, it's like the same thing. It's like, you think, I guess it's like, you think you know how to do like, you can relate to this, you know, you think you know how to do stand up because you did music Mm -hmm. and then you've you throw yourself into it and you realize it's a completely different medium. And it's like the same thing with sketch. Like, you think you know how to write sketches because you do stand up, and then you throw yourself into it. And you find it's a completely different medium, and you're like, you find like feel a little out of your depth, and you're <laughs> like, oh fuck, there's complete, it's completely different. Like I'd acted in a bunch of Seth's stand uh, Seth's uh, Pomeroy sketch shows, so I was familiar with acting on stage and stuff. But writing stuff for other people to act out was really wild and um, nerve wracking. And we all kind of went back and forth about that. And um, mm-hmm. it's like the same thing with uh, – like, when I moved to L.A., I tried to do um, – right before all this shit hit, uh, I was doing Groundlings, which is an improv school.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, for
0: sure.
1: And I was like, you know, it was just, I had the same feeling. It's like, well, you know, I've done sketch before somewhat, and I've done, you know, stand-up for a long time, and I act like gra- improv will be a walk in the park, and it's a completely different thing. You know what I mean? Like, you just think you think you're going to nail it, and then you just – find your but it's your persistence to stay with it that what, makes pro-
0: what prompted the uh, uh improv
1: oh shit i mean it's like one of those things where i i had been told i'd be okay at it and um uh it's i i want to act you know and it's a great way to get connected he just put his glasses
0: me. on ladies and gentlemen he just put his I glasses did. on yeah yeah He's getting i'm
1: getting very professional <laughs> uh, I'm getting very professional over here um <laughs> it, it's like a you know it was a, a way of um you know I, I wanted to act like i said i wanted to act i want to get with other comedic actors and um mm-hmm. and uh it's, i felt like it was something i might be kind of good at and you know i, I do want to act in sketches very much so like i said I, I idolize kids in the hall and snl and i always want to be one of those people sure so i was like yeah i mean so i figured you know i'd, I'd want to Try that, and I like Groundlings because it's very character based. Mm -hmm. You know, all the different sketch schools, all the different improv schools have different kind of um, uh, focuses. Like UCB is kind of more story driven, and uh, Groundlings is more uh, character oriented. Like they work on building characters. Um, And I was like, that's that sounds like me. And um, but yeah, I was like, you know, I figured I want to give that a try, and. I was starting to have fun with that and, you know, I was really starting to pick up steam and get challenged by it. And nice. you get nervous beforehand. I'll get chal- nervous before, not even, I didn't even get a chance to do a show, but like get nervous before the, uh, uh, the practices, because I was like, I don't want to make an idiot out of myself. And, you know, these people are actually here crying. So it's no joke. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was the same thing. I, that's why I wanted to, to do it to get further into comedic acting, which is, you know, I, I think a lot of people are pure actors or pure stand ups or pure musicians or whatever. I, I like to, to dip. I like to dip in all of it.
0: I think that makes somebody more successful to be well-rounded, you know, same thing think- with music, you know, it's like, like some people were like, Oh, I'm just a rock guy. It's like, yeah, well, if you study jazz and you study classical and you study all these things, sure, you get more work. Imagine that.
1: Absolutely. I think, <laughs> I think if you're willing to stick with all of them, you learn a little something about all of them, then it's another skill you have. I mean, I guess it, it could also be a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none situation, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where you try sure. too, many, too many things, you don't focus on one thing. But I don't know. I just... But
0: the, at least from what you're talking about, they're all closely related and they're all going to inform each other and just sure, make you stronger I, as a person, I, as an
1: artist. Absolutely. You know? I think they all inform each other. I yeah. think they really do. Like, music, you know, they all, music is, I mean, stand-up can even help music with your sense of timing and your sense of stage presence and all that stuff.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah, How's you know? that. Are you playing
1: music in L.A.? Have you uh, well, thought exactly. about it? A little bit. Um, me and my buddy Rick Wood, who's a, a, a fantastic comic out there, um, we were playing in this band together. We had this, like, little kind of kind of bedroom rock band where we were just kind of like <laughs> playing we were just playing into it, writing songs in his apartment recording yeah songs on a garage band and stuff but um we were also i was playing this um uh uh, uh i was playing in this this cover night out there they had this cover night mm-hmm. and um me and rick and this uh, uh this guy brian cook uh, we're playing in these, these cover bands and we'd play like as dinosaur junior or, you know, as Neil young. And we learned all these cool songs and got to play with some really cool people. Like Karen, uh, Karen Gilgareff was playing in one of the bands and, um, it was really cool, man. Like, uh, uh, so yeah, it, it was a very much like, a I can't believe I got to get to do this in LA, uh, kind of moment, but yeah, Good, we played playing a lo- little bit, mostly for funsies. Uh, um, oh, yeah,
0: it should be, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, hey, but-
0: i'd be i'd be amiss to say it i'm gonna say one word and you tell me the story the goldbergs
1: oh yeah yeah you talk yeah, about that
0: man. la boy sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> LA boy. Na-
0: Nash- nashville boy did good let's talk about <laughs> it man i'm, I'm curious to know uh, yeah man
1: i was uh you know uh yeah dude i um it was really it was it was really wild i got to um so okay I, uh, I, I'm my girlfriend out there. I'm dating, uh, uh, a woman, a lady, Ooh. uh, uh, her, her yeah. name is Carly Garber. She's a very funny comedy writer. Uh, and, um, we, uh, we started dating and, you know, we kind of met doing, she met me doing stand up, And, um, so she was, uh, she was working for Tosh.0 when I met her. Mm-hmm. And then um, she went out for this job to be a writer's assistant for uh, for the Goldbergs. And she got it because she's really talented and she's really good at what she does. And um, she got it. And so we're, we're dating, you know, doing the thing, whatever it is. And, uh, <laughs> and then she uh, uh, said that some part opened up um, that they wrote in a part on uh, the Goldbergs. And if I wanted to audition for it, then it was just like a little part. And uh, I was like, sure. And the part is being a stoned college student. And <laughs> I was like, well, I'm, I'm at the time I was like, what, 32. And I was like, <laughs> if I can play it. Yeah. And um, so I just filmed in an audition and sent it in. And they were like, yeah, they actually liked it. And they, um and I, uh, and I got the part and I got to be on the, be on the Goldbergs for an episode. That's great, man.
0: Like, what those was that experience movies. like for you, man? Like to do like,
1: Oh with God. like,
0: you know, like a network show and that whole experience.
1: It was like one of those things where you, um, it's like you, you have to remind yourself that as much as it feels like it, this isn't you making it, you know what I mean? Like, it feels like making it. You're like, oh my god, I'm getting up at six a.m. to go to the Sony Picture Lot. Like, I'm, this is it. Like, I made it. Yeah. And you're like, nah. like this is this is very cool, and this is awesome. And take in this experience, and remember, and savor this experience mm-hmm. because it's it's really cool, and it's something you've always wanted to do. And hopefully, it will lead to more stuff like this. And uh, which is still the intention. But uh, I mean, it was just surreal, man. It was like you know, like all these you know, there's a huge professional film crew and you know, these actors you'd recognize and you're just like, man, I'm on this show. This is so cool. And I had yeah. my own trailer and.
2: Did you? You
0: had the corner yeah,
1: trailer? trailer? Damn. You know, my characters, they gave my character a name. It was Dylan, Butt. That's
2: so- what I read. Dylan. <laughs> <Yeah. Butt.
1: laughs> so, I fucking- so my trailer had like the little placard on the door. that said Dylan, Butt. <laughs> and, you know, and, uh, so it was wild I was in there I was just like I can't believe this and uh uh, you know like the cast was really nice and you know uh Sam Lerner is a guy I I was acting in the scene with he was really cool dude and you know, like, uh, uh, it, was, it was so fun. I mean, it was just, it was a blast. If I never get to do anything again, I can say I did that, so it was
0: fun. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. And, like, how many people can say that? You know what I'm saying? So, like, don't say yourself short. Uh, my, my question is, how did you, like, combat your nerves since I've seen you pace at the East Room? You know what I'm saying? So, like, <laughs>
1: like how, how, uh, do you,
0: how do you deal with the idea that, oh, this will be on national
1: TV? I think it's, like, it was a little different. And, like, like, putting on a live show, doing stand-up is so jarring because you get the reaction right then. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. stand, if it sinks or swims, you know immediately.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, which is jarring about it because you don't want it to sink because you'll know immediately and then you have to stay up there as you're <laughs> taking the blow to your ego you have right. to somehow navigate through that blow to your <laughs> ego onto the next thing, whatever bullshit you were going to say. <laughs> so it's harder. I, I would say it's harder. At least for me, it is. Um, Stand up. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. I think acting is acting like a goofball is a little bit more second nature. Um, hmm. And I don't know. I, I found it kind of, I found it more crazy than intimidating you know what I mean? Cause I was like, Oh, well, I got picked to be on this and these people are all professionals and yeah, you know, like they're going to make it look good. And you know, that's their whole job. So, I mean, I don't know as long as I can just sit on my mark and do the thing they want me to do. Uh, you know, I, I'm just here to help them get the thing done. They're supposed to get done.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: didn't like have any like illusions of like, yeah. Oh, this like is my spoke. time to shine. This is like, this is my episode. I'm like, oh, it's cool. I get to be a part of like a network TV show. Like, Which is like, like being, I,
0: in, like being yeah. in a band. So Precisely, you're kind of covered yeah. up from other people. So you're not as nervous because you have other people, you know.
1: Dude, you that's a good wraparound. That's true. I didn't even think about that. That's really yeah. true because there's other people, your scene partner, the, people, the person who's shooting it, the director, the screenwriter. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's all these people who are responsible, who are in it with you. Mm-hmm. So it's not like just you selling your thoughts to the masses. It's you're a part of something, right? So I think being in a band helped that. I think like acting in sketches previous to that helped that, Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, so it was it was uh, it wasn't as jarring of an experience. It was more just a pleasure to do that. Like, but you get bit by that too. You're like, I want to do that more. (laughs) Like now you're just like, that's all I want to do now is do more of that.
0: You got the LA bug now, dog. You know, so. a little
1: bit, a little
0: bit. <laughs> is there anything like uh, uh, in the works for you, LA wise? Or, I mean, is it all kind of like, I mean, I don't know how the pandemic's really uh, affected LA. Everybody's left. So, let's
1: uh, a lot of people have left. Um, a lot of people are staying. I don't blame anyone for leaving. I don't blame anyone for staying. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough. It's tough being in an expensive city where you can't do the thing you move there to do. Uh, so I get that. I get that. It's tough. Um, I'm stubborn and I just moved there and I don't want to leave. Um, cause I do have some things in the works out there. Um, yeah, I was like, uh, if I'll, you know, do some plugs or whatever. Uh, so that album you were talking about earlier, I'm going to put that out. Um, we're going to call it the crystal pistol. Uh, (laughs) and I'm going to put that album out on my uh, website. I think, uh, may have something going on with Radland records. My friend, uh, um, Kyle Clark is Boom. the guy I've been on his podcast. Uh, uh, many times he's been on our podcast. He's a great guy. And, uh, we're talking about maybe putting the record out. And, um, so I'm going to, uh, put that record out, uh, later this year. I That's think, great. By the, yeah, by the end of this year, I'm going to put it out. And, um, Maybe well before that. And uh let's see. Oh and I I got um before this all happened, I was going to film a spot on a uh this uh, Amazon Prime stand up show mm-hmm. called Laugh After Dark. And I think I remember reading about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's still slated to happen. So I'm gonna we're gonna film that when this uh whenever they figure out a way to, to shoot the show. What I'll is that show? show? Uh it's just a stand up sh- uh, variety show thats it's on Amazon Prime. Okay. Uh so I was gonna gonna shoot that and uh yeah, man, get back into the acting thing and Good for you. you know, present my reel and my and my uh resume and my best foot forward and uh you know, hopefully Carly will uh uh won't have to deal with the shambling mess that I will become when I get rejected for all these things.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Surely
0: should be used to it by now, you
1: know. Probably, hey, that's that's Weird, baby. Oh, damn, <laughs> that's Hollyweird. Carter, where can where can people find
0: you online, man?
1: You can find me at Carter underscore Glasscock on Twitter and Instagram, and you can go to my website, CarterGlasscock dot com.
0: Oh, you got a dot com?
1: Check it out, dude.
0: Damn, I didn't know that. I'm gonna write that down.
1: Yeah, huh. just my name, carterglasscock.com. dot <laughs> com. You can also
0: that's your real do, name too.
1: That's, real That's my real name. One S though. Most people would think it'd be two S's. One That's S. true. That's true. And uh, you can hear me on the podcast "The Goods from the Woods" with mm-hmm. Rivers Langley and Sam Harder. Nice. Uh, we've been doing a an ish, a edition of it during all this called the Corona Diaries, which are particularly insane. <laughs> there are a lot of uh, episodes of that. So you can check hear me on those podcasts. And uh, yeah, I'll have that album out very soon. So be on the lookout for that.
0: Dude, this has been fun.
1: Dude, this Is has been really talk- fun, Carl. Thank you, man. Yeah, it's
0: good talk to you, brother. Good, good catching up with you. I miss you. I love you. And nice you know, uh, I wish I wish the best for you. And and we're gonna all have our big ears and eyes open and see what's going on with Carter Glasscock with one S. <laughs> 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 all right, Carter. We'll see you later, man. See you later, buddy. All right, guys, there it was. Episode six, baby. We did it. It's all on the up and up, man. Like I said, we're we'll going to keep trying to crank these things out every Friday. So, man, bear with us. and It's going to be a good time, man. That's all I'm going to say. Got some good guests coming up. Ladies and gentlemen, be sure to uh, follow the Badum Ching with Carl. Now on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Spotify. Now I just got word we're on iHeartRadio. Heck yeah, man. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Be sure to click that subscribe. Click that like. I'm going to leave y'all with a song uh, from Carter Glasscock. It's one of his bands from Birmingham called Central Fires. The song's called Dreams from Beyond the Wall. All right. See ya.